Hi you guys, welcome to episode 9 of Vibing in Valentino. So before I get started, you guys know the drill. I am going to tell you guys all about my favorite product of the week. So my current obsession, it is this lip gloss, you guys, and I am, honestly, I'm like a lip gloss hoarder. I have a ton of lip glosses, but I'm telling you, this one's just different. And it is called Luscious Lips, and it's by this company called Infrasight. I-N-F-R-A-C-Y-T-E and I first found it when I was on a family vacation in Austria so it's like from a UK brand and I actually lost it I didn't lose it I left it in my best friend's purse and I like just never got it back and I was just like just keep it try it I just ordered like two more off the internet like that's how obsessed I was like as soon as I realized I don't have it I went online and got two more and I have fillers in my lips I'll be completely honest with you I get my lips done and I think that this lip gloss makes the fillers last so much longer and swear to God, every time I have it on, everybody's just like, your lips look freaking huge in a good way. I'm going to try to link it in Amazon for you guys, but if they don't have it up on Amazon, because like I said, it is a UK product, I will link the link where I bought mine from, as well as the Amazon Vibing and Valentino list of all the previously mentioned weekly weakness products. So on to our guest of the week, you guys. Okay, you guys, if you guys know me, I am obsessed with everything spiritual and energy alignment. I sage my apartment, I watch tarot readings, I read my horoscopes, and I read up in whoever I'm dating's zodiac traits. So when I met our guest this week, I felt like this is fucking fate. She was training with one of my best friends, Anna, who was a personal trainer, and I was meeting her on her way out of the gym. Anna introduced us, and we had a brief convo where she told me all about myself and the guy I was dealing with. And the accuracy, I mean, honey, she read the shit out of both of us and our situations. She was leaving, so we kept the convo super speedy and brief, and I cannot even tell you how excited I am to have her on here to talk about everything astrology. Max Sternbaum, welcome to Vibing in Valentino. Hi. Hi. <laughs> okay, so tell us a little bit about yourself. Where are you from? All the basics. Okay, well, I'm originally from Texas. I moved to Los Angeles when I was eight, so I grew up here, grew up in the Valley in Studio City. Um, when I, I went to college in New York, um, right after NYU, I went to culinary school, and I was in the kitchen uh, for five or six years, and then I moved into farming, and then I moved into astrology. You moved into farming? Yeah, yeah. I, I, when I moved back to LA from New York, I knew that I didn't want to cook anymore, it was exhausting, oh and um, I decided to go into farming, okay. and I worked for a farm out here, then I did a farming program in Texas, then back here, and then I was kind of done with that too, okay. <laughs> and I wanted, I actually worked for an herbalist for a while, which is, you know, the tincture, and yeah. that it's something that's important to me and that I really like, but honestly, while I was practicing astrology throughout the whole thing, and I mean, before two years ago, I was just obsessed with astrology and just yeah. talking about it all the time. Uh, this year was the year that I decided to like professionally call myself an astrologer right, right. and and charge money for it. Ah, okay. So you have always been obsessed with it, right? Did you have to go to like school for? Is there like any kind of training to be one? Good question. Um, 
Well, so I read my first book about astrology in college. Um, it was called Sextrology. Um, <laughs> it was really interesting. It, it divided the science between the sexes, so like a boy Taurus versus a girl Taurus. Uh -huh. And it just really resonated. And so for the next 10 years, I was, I mean, honestly, everything I thought about was organized between the sun sign, rising sign, and moon sign. If I yeah. met you, it was, I need to know this before we talk. So yeah, I yeah, just yeah. organized my universe. And um, about two years ago, I very randomly, like I can't tell you how I found this lecture, but, but somehow I did. And I went to this lecture on the outer planets on Neptune, Pluto, and Uranus, and I met my teacher, okay. who I, not too long after that class, started taking a weekly class, a beginner's astrology class. Okay. And we've been in the same class with the same people for two years now. So that was sort of where it was a marker of I'm gonna take this a little more seriously, I'm gonna start reading all the books, um, doing the class every week, yeah. and yeah, and that's where we are now. Oh my God, that's amazing. Yeah. Okay, so are there different kinds of astrology and which one in particular do you practice? Okay, so that's also a great question. Um, there are different kinds of astrology. Okay. There's Vedic astrology, which is like from the Indian subcontinent. Okay. There's um, all the Chinese astrology, um, you know, we know our like animal signs and all of that from right. Chinese. Um, and then we have, and, and I'm sure there are other like subtypes, like I know there's astrocartography, people can read where you would be best located or where, you know, if you moved somewhere, some opportunity could open up for you. Um, but the traditional Western astrology that you read in magazines and stuff, that's mostly where what I practice, okay. although I my teacher is more metaphysical, so he it's it's definitely not predictive. Okay. And while it is very much about learning about yourself, it's more like how can we transcend? How can we mm. discover our true nature? Yeah. You know, not just my maxness yeah. that's here operating on planet Earth, but yeah, yeah. what's beyond that? Yeah. What entails being an astrologist? So what is that? What does that really mean? Okay, well, it, uh, these are all great questions. Um, <laughs> Thank you. So, okay, so here's what I was thinking when I thought about this question. Um, I think it's important for someone who obviously knows astrology, their mm -hmm. own astrology, the nature of astrology, what a sun sign in Sag yeah. might look like. Um, but, okay, and I think that there's also a relational element. Like, the person needs to be able to use the client's astrology to help them relate yeah right um so there's definitely not i don't want to say like therapist but like some sort of where it's it's fires you up to listen to other people talk mm -hmm. about their lives or discover parts of their lives yeah and then i mean honestly like other than having a pretty solid foundation i think i mean you, you have to charge for it i mean yeah. that's that was the big difference for me from going to any party I ever went to uh -huh. and sitting in a corner reading people's signs yeah. throughout the whole night to now actually putting sort of parameters around it and yeah. calling it a job. So do you think that it's a field that you have to be naturally gifted in or can you, can somebody like me, like mm -hmm. I'm not, you know, I'm not tapped into that sense. Mm -hmm. Can I learn it somehow or is it you're just born with that gift? Yeah, I think that anyone can learn it just like anyone can learn a language and mm -hmm. sure there are people who might be naturally more inclined to you know hold different languages in their head but um i think any sort of natural talent that comes into play is on that sort of relational side if you're good at 
listening, if you're good at asking the right questions or finding the right questions, just really good at relating. Can you explain a little bit to us about how astrology works? Like how stars and how their positioning and stuff can explain people's personalities? Because whenever I read about Leos, and even though it's like super brief, like it, it's like one of those websites, generic websites online, it's kind of spot on. It's yeah. kind of scary. Yeah, yeah. it is. Okay, so <laughs> when I was putting, trying to put this into words, because for me, I've always had the feeling of what astrology, like how how it works, just like a knowing. It's rather a knowing, not a feeling. It's like, yes, this makes sense. The planets out there having an effect on us makes sense. So when I tried to put it into words, this is <laughs> sort of how, how it came to me. And, and of okay. course, I think any person has their own interpretation of yeah. why astrology works or how it works. Yeah. But And of course, there is an element to it that is beyond human understanding because it's bigger than our human minds. You know, yeah. it's, it's more to that the nature of our being type, you know, metaphysics. Yeah. Okay, so I, I think that the structure of the universe with all these massive celestial bodies mm-hmm. is sort of like the uh, prism through which the energies are coming through. So there's energies on the other side, uh-huh. and it's being filtered through the prism of the planets, and it's all according to what time you were born, where you were born, what the sky looks like. So all of this energy is... I guess it comes through and it turns into a bunch of different colors, right? Like a prism would. And each of those colors are sort of like your Legos that have built you into you. Yours comes with a lot of Leo energy. Uh So you've got, let's say, Leo energy is blue. Yeah. A lot of your, you've got a lot of blue shining through, whereas someone who was born, you know, two days later might have a lot of purple shining through. Uh, And then in turn, to make it more on the science side, I mean, we're 60% water, our bodies, right? We see what the moon does to the tides. The moon is not that big. It's not. It's just not even that big. We can see it in our sky every night. Yeah. There are planets that are like thousands the t- the size mm-hmm. of the moon, and to think that they wouldn't have an effect on us as well through gravity, you yeah. know, through prove yeah. it scientifically understood ideas is. I mean, that's nonsense. Like, of course, it has an effect on us, and mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, so that that's kind of like how I feel that. Or why I feel astrology works. So when you do read something about Leo, it is that coloring of Leo yeah. that resonates for you. Oh, so it's, it's kind of like a filter. It's like a coffee filter, and it's just whatever comes out is like you. Yeah, that's that's your physical manifestation here on planet Earth, being like in the coffee cup. I think that that's actually a pretty good. Wow, metaphor. that's amazing. How do you use astrology to calculate a couple's compatibility? Is something I've always wondered. Okay, good question. So. Um, in astrology, you can do synastry charts, mm-hmm. where basically I would take your chart and the other person's chart, and more or less lay them on top of each other. So if okay. you if they're transparent, you could see how everything lines up on the chart. So I think specifically, you know, we might look at the moon, Venus, and the seventh house, which are all really easy indicators of relationship or relating or other significant others in our yeah. lives, and see aspects that you know the other person's moon is making or what's in your seventh house or what of your planets are landing in the other person's seventh house sort of looking at it like that okay so okay what are these houses because i it's like a, i look at my chart and you see these numbers along with all the signs and stuff like that mm-hmm. i have obviously no idea what that means <laughs> okay so, so um the house the zodiac which is 360 degrees uh-huh. it's a circle is split into 12 houses okay. and there are 12 signs yeah. and 
every single person, let's say they're sitting at the middle of their zodiac, which is basically a representation of us here on Earth. Uh-huh. If you were to look out into the sky, you know, in all space around you, yeah. there are little pie slices that divide your 360 yeah. degrees. Okay. And each of those houses, this is what the pie slice is called, is um, an area of human life. Okay. Um, and those yeah. 12 areas of human life, I mean, 12 doesn't seem like a big number, they encompass a lot of things, though. Yeah. Um, and a lot of things are even are repeats anyways, like are higher octaves of something like, so if you have like a lot of planets in a certain house or you have your, a lot of your planets are in someone else's houses, mm-hmm. that's the area of life where a lot of attention is being paid to. And depending on the planets is depending on what part is being paid attention to. I see. I see. Okay. So it's, the, it's kind of different than looking at signs. And when you look at houses, you're looking at planets, right? When you're looking at houses, you're sort of, you're looking at places in human life, like money, career, marriage, okay. like life events or things that actually manifest in the world around us. When you're looking at planets, you're looking at the different parts of yourself. So Mercury is the mind, mm-hmm. Venus is relationship, uh, self-worth, values, also money, Pluto is intense transformation, death and rebirth. Okay. And then when you're looking at the signs, it's more of like the style of the expression. So, mm. so that's that would be that. Okay. When we first spoke, I asked you if you watched tarot readings. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think like astrology and tarot and all that stuff kind of go together? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do. I think a lot of astrologers are tarot readers, okay. or they practice numerology, mm-hmm. or any of the other sort of magical activities yeah Yeah, that because they really are um if i guess they're they're all different languages Mm -hmm. but they're all saying the same thing you know at the end yeah different images to use or different archetype explanations but they're all saying the same thing in my opinion with just sort of different styles of saying it mm-hmm. um anytime that i've had tarot done well actually tarot specifically one of the astrologers i listen to her podcast and i love it she always does a tarot poll for it oh, yeah? um, and like animal ambassadors and a whole bunch of other things and oh, then when i've had my numerology done um just their descriptions of things i'm like okay you're telling me that's a number five and i'm relating this to my saturn issues so it's uh, i think it that all it's all, yes absolutely oh that's so cool it's so cool that's so cool you yeah. told me you were going to get into numerology so i want to yeah yeah that's yeah. my next i mean it's it's all so complex and it is really like learning a language you have to live it every yeah. day um so it's you know i have to wait till i have an opening but it's i mean i've, I've got a book ready and <laughs> as soon as that time comes i'm diving in <laughs> when you see somebody can you tell by their physical appearance what sign they are? <laughs> I love this question. Um, okay, so there are definitely astrologers, and I've read some posts about it, um, who believe that there definitely are characteristics to and you would to to a person's signs, and you'd look at maybe the first house or the rising sign um, to see more obvious ones, because okay. the first house is your newholeness, like the, yeah. the person you have built to operate in this world. Uh-huh. Okay, for example, Piscean. If you were to see Pisces in someone, uh-huh. whether or not it was their sun sign or whatever it was, yeah. they tend to be more like dreamy looking, like big eyes. This is okay. both from like what I know about Pisces and from what I've read. They just have this sort of like 
like dreamlike, like a kind of fishy, you know, like big yeah. doughy eyes, but like in a dream way where they're kind of, you don't know if they're like really zeroing in uh-huh. on you or if they're off on another planet. Uh-huh. So there's definitely... They're kind of just in their own world, like zoning out. Yeah, and you yeah. can see it. You can yeah. see that. And then, for example, Leo, I was reading it this morning. <laughs> a lot of people say that, especially Leo, um, sun rising conjunct, which is what you have, uh-huh. where they're right next to each other, love big hair. Like, oh. They're very oh much about their hair, which you think of the <laughs> lion and the big name, like it makes sense. <laughs> Um, That's kind of true. <laughs> it, they, they love the hair. Plus, I mean, with the Leo on the Ascendant and the Sun right there in the first house, it's a lot about your physical presentation to the world anyways. Yeah. Um, I'll give you one more example. And may or may not be true, but like a Taurus. Anna. Anna's a Taurus. She's a really good example, actually. And I, I don't know her rising sign, so it, it, it would really help. Because I'm a Taurus, too, but I have a Libra rising, which can make me more, like, slight and... But yeah. Taurians are, I mean, their their glyph is the bull, not because they're like beastly, but because they're solid. Like, yeah. you just know they're not going to float away, yeah. you know? Yeah. You're, you can count on them, and yeah. that comes through in their solidity. Yeah. And it's funny, too, and it's another hair thing, but a lot of people ruled by Venus, which is Libra and Taurus, tend to have long hair. Like, because it's that earth mother, earth goddess, you know, want to be maybe barefoot and like long dresses and like long I'm getting very boho vibes. Boho, yeah. yeah, Of course, loves a boho. That's right. Oh my God. Can you explain the Mercury retrograde? Because it's going on right now. Like, what even is a retrograde and why is it such a thing? Yep. Okay. Um, So, well, first I'll say that the retrograde is just part of the bigger Mercury sun cycle. We all of the planets are in cycles. I mean, we're all in cycles. Life is about a cycle beginning, going, and then ending, closing, starting a new cycle. That's the definition, basically, of life. But because, I mean, the actual retrograde happens because Mercury has a shorter orbit. Um, It's closer to the sun. And when it goes to its farthest point, when it gets there, it slows down to come back around. And so the slowing down is where it looks like it's going backwards from our position so we would still see it it looks like it's turned and gone the other way but Uh it's not it's just slowing down it's just we're both moving okay yeah speeding around the sun okay so then the whole like mercury retrograde period which yeah all the planets go into retrogrades Uh um it's just mercury at least from in my opinion we're we're a society right i mean Mm -hmm. everything societies exist because of communication Uh you know me talking to you me paying for this service and then the service coming back to me we're social creatures um mercury obviously has a really big presence on this human planet Mm -hmm. and when it goes retrograde which the retrograde the slowing down is necessary as like a revisiting or reassessing and that's what mercury retrograde periods are for and it usually brings up a lot of shit from you know a couple months ago or even longer ago (laughs) so that you can reassess is this what i still want does this serve me is this hurting me what do i need to push out of the way so that i can move forward yeah um yeah so it's all the rewords reassess redo revisit yeah is it also like a breakup period it totally can be of course especially if it's you know somehow lighting up your venus or if it's with venus in the sky or if it's crossing over the seventh and you know, you're trying to decide if you want to end a relationship, that might be the time that you're yeah. like, you know what? 
I remember all these things now, and it's, it's not looking good. Go. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so for the rest of 2019, are there certain things or certain time periods we all need to be aware of, or is there a month, or is this like a month where we're all just like, <laughs> like <laughs> Okay, so to be honest, I would say we're literally in it right now. Yeah. So we're, it's, we're still retrograde with yeah. Mercury, and then tomorrow is the lunar eclipse. Oh, what is that? Okay. I know well, what it is, but it's like, what does that mean? Well, so we had the solar eclipse on July 2nd, which uh-huh. that's basically like a super heightened new moon, but big doors open and either for information to come in or for things to move out Uh um the lunar eclipse is like a really big full moon so we're opposite now the moon is opposing the sun when you get to the full moon it's more or less like you have all of the information you have all of the facts of whatever's going on you know something specific everything is there for you to now take stock of does this work for me do i need Mm -hmm. to change something how can i move forward and grow. Tomorrow's a really big deal. The week that comes after tomorrow is going to be a really big deal for all of the processing of the information. But what I was going to say, like, let's just skip 2019 because the biggest deal, and this is like a big, big deal, is 2020. We have Saturn and Pluto coming conjunct exactly. So we've been feeling this conjunction energy, which is conjunction just means they're sitting next to each other and then they sort of operate as one master planet um, for like the last year and a half, if not a little bit longer. But they actually hit the the degree of conjunction, like the the kiss of the two planets, Uh uh, January 12th, I think. And these eclipses have a really heavy societal emphasis because of the Cancer Capricorn axis. Uh Okay, so basically, and we're we're getting a taste of this right now, you know, how do we treat our society how do we treat the people in our society yeah. do we treat them with love and compassion or do we put up walls and boundaries and okay. say not you mm-hmm. okay this is cancer capricorn capricorn is society economy um like progression like do more and more and more yeah. patriarchy too it's very yeah. masculine side cancer is feminine receptive home um yeah. Loving, loving tribe, nurturing, exactly. So that all happens, so we're in it right now, that all happens again with Saturn and Pluto coming together in January, and Mm -hmm. Saturn is structure, laws, um, society, Pluto is death and rebirth, intense transformation. There's a huge power struggle here, which, I mean, obviously we see reflected in the news every day. Serious power struggles. Mm -hmm. So that's what's going to happen in January. And, I mean, that coincides with the election, which is just... It's, it's kind of weird. Insane. It's, it's insane. Okay, so with you know, like previous historical events, have you seen that to be a correlation in the stars at all? Like, for example, during the World Wars or 9-11 or there has? That's oh such a... God. It's so wild that you... The last time... Well, the last time we had the, the eclipses that we're having right now was, I think it was like 2007, 2008... Or there's some there's a correlation between the fall of the economy oh right in 2008 God. and then right before 9-11 like the year before 9-11 which was basically i'm trying to think which is which but i That's think crazy the year before 9-11 was what started this whole like wall building like they're terrorists they're coming to get us yeah that's sort of like we need to separate who's who um and then of course money and finances and social security all of that mm-hmm. 1914 also was represented in this Pluto Saturn conjunction which was World War One uh-huh. 
So um, a lot of people, a lot of astrologers are predicting, or not predicting, but saying to prepare for like a major, a major war that we're going to be involved in. Oh my God! Oh, I mean, terrifying. It's, it is terrifying. It's terrifying. But of course, we have to go through these kinds of things to change. Yeah. Because right now it doesn't look like people of their own goodwill are gonna, you know, see the light and say yeah. people are literally dying at our borders. Yeah. It's like the, you know, it's, yeah. it's not gonna be like that. I think we're gonna have to go through like a, a sort of violent changing of the yeah. old guard. Yeah, a transitioning period. Yeah. Yeah. So I always thought that, you know, sometimes like those zodiac facts and magazines and stuff were kind of bullshit. But that is because in middle school, we had a journalism class where we had to like create like a weekly publication for the school. And honey, this random hippie dude with glasses was writing all our horoscopes for a whole semester. The whole semester, because that was his topic for journalism class. So now I'm like scarred. I'm like, who is out here writing my fucking horoscope every week? Like, are these like publication horoscopes accurate? Or is it like, done by you know just anybody that's a good i guess I, when i was thinking about this i hadn't even thought of it that right. like it, it totally could be done by anybody or maybe computers are doing it now yeah, i'm like scarred from middle school oh i mean i kind of want to meet this kid like i don't know who this kid was but i love him um okay they, they usually are um i mean they're done by people who at least know how to like use an algorithm or yeah. use a program that can plug in charts uh -huh. um the only difference is when you're doing, like, when you're looking in a magazine or a newspaper or whatever and you're seeing the sun sign astrology, it is that. It's sun sign astrology. It's not natal astrology. So basically, instead of having a rising sign, you put your sun sign uh -huh. at the rising, at the ascendant point. So it would be Leo for you. And then each of the houses are equal in representation for each of the signs. Got it's it. a little complicated. But more or less, it just looks solely on how what's happening in the cosmos is affecting the sun sign. Okay, so that's also why it's important when you look in a magazine, yeah. don't just read Leo, but read Aquarius okay. as well. Okay, got it. Yeah, got it. So, and I, yeah, I feel like they're probably, a lot of them, especially now with the rise of astrology and how popular it's becoming, um, there are some really good astrologers writing yeah. some awesome oh stuff. Oh my God, can you give us, um, so obviously all the listeners aren't gonna be able to like get a whole reading with you or whatever, so can you recommend them some accurate resources yes absolutely okay so obviously social media makes all of this so easy um but the first person i'm gonna recommend is my teacher his name okay. is jim share s-h-e-r okay. um he has the share school of astrology and metaphysics oh, wow. he sends out a weekly newsletter that has an astro cast that talks mm -hmm. about the week's cosmic energy okay. sometimes he does um longer uh essays on you know the nature of maybe he might do one on mercury retrograde and okay. some mercury cycle okay um he's awesome then um on instagram though danny benstein okay um she's amazing she is sort of on the metaphysical side too i think she's like an interpersonal astrologer i forget the way she words it but it's very much more on less predictive more on on you, sort of like the way I think a therapist might okay, relate. Or like, how can we look at your chart so that you can grow and become uh, the person you want to be? As it. opposed to like, okay, on Tuesday, I'm going to have a job interview uh -huh. and the energy's not good or yeah, something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, got it. Um, Patrice Caymans is my other favorite. She also is in that metaphysical world. She does a monthly newsletter and she's a little bit on Instagram, but okay. she's just brilliant. 
Um, now the people who are really on Instagram, Chani Nichols is amazing. Okay. Um, a woman, I don't know her, her full name, but she goes by Radiant Astrology. She's awesome. Energetic Principles is the podcast I mentioned okay. earlier. I listen to her every week. Oh my gosh, um, I gotta get that listen. Yep, Heidi Rose Robbins, um, and then Serious Joy TV. Uh, I don't know how present he is on, I think his name's Chris Wyatecki, but I don't know how present he is on Insta, but um, he's also just really it's cool really and good. innovative. Yeah. I'm so excited. I need to listen to all of those. And it's so easy with Instagram too, or any the apps, you know, it's yeah. like, it gives you, it, it gives it to you. You don't have to go searching anymore. Yeah. It's like, that, oh, yeah. today, this is what this looks like. Yeah. It's awesome. So I talked to you a little bit about this before we started recording, but I asked you, because you met my dog. And I asked you if astrology affects pets. And if you guys don't know, Yakuza is a Sag baby. He is born December 15th. Just like my best friend Cameron, who is also here, he is also a Sag. So we have two Sag energies in the room. Awesome. But you said, I know, you guys are the same sign. So that's like his uncle, like for life. He was like, he prefers him over me, actually. He's so Give him the choice. <laughs> So you said astrology affects pets. Can you tell us a little bit about that? So personality-wise, you can definitely see some really? signs. I think oh so. I know God. of Aries, um, standard uh, poodle, who is just like, she is literally, she's eight or nine, and she is literally like a, a puppy. Like, because fire energies are like the eternal children. And um, I, every dog I met that I knew the sun sign, I was like, I'm seeing sunset stuff. <laughs> no, as opposed to like, I don't know how intense transits are for them, or you know, I don't know what exactly up levels a dog. Maybe yeah. watching, you know, like a fly, and then you know something happens cosmically, and they catch the fly that day, and they understand. Oh, now here's a source of protein. You know, like I. I don't know what their stuff is, but I think that they're just, it's this because they're they're clearly conscious, we can agree to that. Yeah. Like we know that animals have consciousness and they're yeah. like thinking and feeling and yeah. and putting things together. So that same energy I feel like is innervating. It's being yeah. filtered through a prism and showing up and there's showing up in there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, showing I mean I'll just tell you for example, I'm pretty sure my chihuahua was not a Sag. Okay. I don't Again, I shoot different things every day, but um, like your chihuahua was just sitting there, like cool as a cucumber, like you know, curious, but like does it, you know, it's just just doing its own thing, like not afraid. And I can also see like a hint of a smile, which is sad, yeah. is eternally optimistic. My chihuahua would be like in the like in the corner barking. Oh, she's probably yeah. a cancer. No, she's probably a cancer, but she's very protective, very uh -huh. insecure about getting hurt. So, anyways, that's yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's very he's just chilling. If you guys, you listeners, you guys can't see what's going on, but he's literally right next to the mic. Like if he so could talk, sweet. he'd be all up in our conversation. <laughs> so sweet. Okay, so I asked you this prior to recording, but can you give my birth chart a read? Yep. Analyze me. <laughs> yep, 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 yep. So obviously, like we could we could do like a minute on where each of your planets you know like there's yeah. a lot of ways to do a nano reading and obviously you can go four hours okay. 
Okay, so what I what attracted me to astrology, uh -huh. I think, in its deepest part, is the paradoxes of a chart. Okay. Things that it's just like, how how is that going to manifest? Okay. What does that even like? That doesn't make any sense, uh -huh. right? So I thought, like, you have, which I told you, yours made it so easy for me. Like, it was such a great chart to have for this uh -huh. experience because right off the bat, you have a couple really interesting aspects. Uh -huh. So. First and foremost, okay. your sun and ascendant, both in Leo, yeah. are conjunct. Your sun is in the first house, not in the twelfth, which would have added a way different layer to really? you. Really? Yep. And but because it's in the first, it's sort of taken it out out of the like an inward process and has made your a lot of your existence and your energy is on the outside. Yeah. It's it, it's how you have presented yourself to the world mm -hmm. so I mean like and it makes sense you have a podcast you're big on Instagram like yeah. you the world is responding and reacting and receiving uh -huh. you your Nicoleness do you yeah, know what I mean yeah, like yeah. by that like it's it's the you've put together this character uh -huh. which is it's you but yeah. it is also a character and and that and you put I think that you probably spend a lot of time and energy and a lot of your life has bit to build this build yeah. this person yeah and, and clearly it's being really well received <laughs> but it's really hard to ignore leo so i, I feel like it, most leos with this sort of aspect would be it, it's like there's constantly like a light being shined onto you yeah and people are seeing it um so that that's number one i would say and i feel like that's a pretty like self-explanatory yeah, yeah because you're yeah. you are do well on instagram and you, you know yeah. you're very active in this world mm -hmm. okay so the next the parent the biggest paradox of your chart probably not the biggest but at least the most obvious uh -huh. is that your sun in leo uh -huh. opposes your moon in aquarius in the seventh house so oh God. okay i don't even know this <laughs> yeah thing. i know i know i know it sounds so dramatic <laughs> Um, okay, so oppositions, first of all, is, so the sun is directly, I mean, it's literally like, this is the sun, this is the moon, and yeah. they're opposing each other. Yeah. So that energy is, is tense, first of all. So tense energy is there, so that will be forced to grow. Okay. So meaning, wherever you see an opposition in your chart, you're probably going to have a lot of life lessons around it, yeah. in my opinion. The other thing about oppositions is that they usually require others other people other relationships in your life to bring up these tense energies mm -hmm. because it's your moon and it's in the seventh house okay so moon is emotionality inner landscape how you deal with emotions uh -huh. seventh house is the house of others a lot of people in a really surface like way we'll call it house of marriage oh, or house of like partnership okay they look to that house yeah. when we're looking at what you who you might attract yeah. into your life yeah okay so <laughs> i haven't even thrown in the kicker yet i mean oh, the, the big kicker, no, <laughs> the kicker is that the moon is opposing the sun okay. that's intense energy so your your soul self your fire your energy that gets you moving out the day doing what you want to do is intense opposition with how you feel Mm. about things now the kicker in my opinion mm -hmm. is that your moon is in Aquarius meaning your seventh house is in Aquarius yeah. if I had to pick a sign of the zodiac that didn't really want to be in relationship it's probably Aquarius and it's not that you don't want to or that Aquarius doesn't want to be in relationship Aquarians I know tons of Aquarians in relationships it's just that kind of in the way that the Sag doesn't want to be tied down Aquarius does not want to be tied down Aquarius doesn't need from other. Aquarius is so much bigger 
than little human relationships, uh-huh. if that makes sense. Aquarius yeah. is one of the signs, and I'll tell you, and I hope this resonates with you. It's resonated with most Aquarians that I've talked to. But I genuinely feel of the zodiac, the two signs that aren't of Earth are Aquarius and Pisces. Mm-hmm. And Pisces is, but it's from the deep parts of the sea. So sure, it's earthen, but it's di- Aquarius, literally from another planet. Like, and I would imagine that there's a part of you that has always felt really different from other people. Yeah. That you. Well, it's, it's two sides of the same coin. Not only do you feel different and maybe separated, but at the same time, like, you're marching to the beat of your own drum no matter what. Like, yeah. that's just what Aquarius does. Did any of that resonate, first of all? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've always felt super different. Um, I grew up in Bangkok. I come from, like, a huge family. My, uh, my paternal side, uh, I have eight other uncles. Um, and they're very Thai, is what I always tell people. Like, they're very conservative and we're... I don't, I don't, I hate to say it, but they are a high society in Thailand, and to be a part of that world is like a whole different image than ones that I'm, than the one I have here. Mm-hmm. And so I've always been like the black sheep of the family, honestly. Um, that's also why whenever they pressure me to go back home, I'm kind of like, mm, like I don't really want to do that. Like every time I go back home, he knows, like all my best friends know, like I'm like calling them, like I want to come back so bad, like I, I feel really different. Um, I think that side of me gets maximized when I'm over there. When I'm back here, um, I think I feel different in a way where I'll be. Su- I'm a. I'm an extrovert, so I'm super social and I'll go and see people or whatever. But I do need time alone. Like I don't want to talk to anybody. I don't want to see anybody. I just need like recoup and like recharge. That's interesting because okay, so that <laughs> also the next interesting part of your chart that I was going to bring up is mm-hmm. you have your Pluto. Okay. Is on your nadir, which, so if there's, and it's exact, like, okay. to the degree, so if, in all the charts that I've read, which has been very many, I don't remember having one exactly on an angle, so there's the four serious oh angles God. in a chart, and yours is literally on the nadir, yeah. so this That's is amazing uh, yeah it's it's I'm happy you read my chart uh, yeah and it's it's intense too because it's pluto that's sitting on there yeah. and it's in scorpio which is oh. the most intense of intense yeah. of intense um okay so because i i've not it's i don't have any planets in my fourth house i don't have a lot of direct experience of the fourth house but mm-hmm. this is just really intense okay what is the fourth house the fourth house is the house of family okay usually like the parents uh-huh um but it, it can be extended family, it can be ancestry, Okay. it can be any of the things that come under family, which if you do the higher octave of that, it's like foundation, mm-hmm. deep psychological foundation, the foundation that your family gave you to be a human with a mind and a psychology. Mm-hmm. So it's very family oriented, but you have an aspect in your family life, which may or may not be represented in your psychology or in something inside that is um, intense mm. and deep. And there's something about peeling back layers and seeing things that maybe others didn't want to see yeah. or couldn't see. And and then seeing them for what they are, not as bad or negative. Because a lot about what Scorpio does is it goes and takes taboos and brings them back to the sacred. Because before religion and before you know, conservative society, there wasn't really taboo. Like, Mm -hmm. those things that we consider taboo now were sacred, and that's sort of what Scorpio is here for, is to bring all of that stuff back into 
um, the sacred. But in addition to this Pluto being on your nadir, which I'm going to read or I'm going to summarize what I googled, yeah, it also sure. squares your sun. Okay. So that's the square, just like the opposition, is another aspect that causes tension, okay. so that you'll grow. Right? Yeah. It doesn't. This one is not so other oriented. This mm -hmm. can be more like personal inside, although it is to your fourth house, so it might have to do with your family. Mm -hmm. um, Pluto on the nadir can make the individual intensely focused and extremely grounded in their inner power. So you had you had challenges in your early years that you had to go through. Mm -hmm. Sounds like you have an intense family, yeah. even just not even like intense emotions, but like intensity of being. They're yeah. a big family. There's yeah. a lot going on. There's a lot going on all the time. Um, that's funny what you asked about my mom earlier, too. She is very like, she's probably one of the most glamorous women that I know, honestly, right? Super glam. She is super glam, super fab. And me being um, not only like the baby of the family, but also the only girl, because mm -hmm. I have an older brother, he's eight years older. I feel like I was her like little mini me. She really modeled me, I think, into not only her, but her highest like expectations, which is great. I think that. I wouldn't be where I am today without her, but it is also a lot of pressure. But she is super nurturing. Like she is the most nurturing woman I know. Uh, one of my best friends from first grade, Teresa, when we were in undergrad, she lived two hours away from my mom. She had a house in Maryland at the time. And um, she wasn't feeling well one day. My mom like drove down two and a half hours to go see her. It was mm -hmm. great. Yeah, I wasn't around at the time, but so awesome. yeah. So it's like you know, it's it's a lot of love. It's like overwhelming amounts of love, and it's also a lot of pressure too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. I mean, Pluto's definitely can be pressure. Yeah. Um, and what what you said originally with the, that you needed your own time and your yeah. own space. Yeah. So that was that's another Pluto thing. So okay. I was just. People with the basically it comes from the Pluto Sun aspect that square. Mm -hmm. They're prone to inner tension, self-destructive behavior. That it can be sort of like negative self-talk. I've had I've had problems with that for yeah. sure. I, I have a Pluto Sun opposition. It's I mean basically very similar energy, yeah. and I, I mean it's clear that that's where all of that stuff comes from. Yeah, self-destructive behaviors for sure. Yeah, yeah, and and really what if you if we tease that out and go what word is that it's control it's yeah. issues with control yeah i, I totally yeah. understand i also have intense control issues yeah um the pluto in scorpio likes privacy uh -huh. almost secrecy like yeah. it you know yeah. the things that you hold secret are like if some if people find them out or there's a possibility like it's it causes stress for you like that's how intense like yeah. that or that's how sacred that sort of privacy is for you. Yeah. But it's interesting because of, to go back to the paradox, just that like all of your Leo energy yeah. is very on the surface, sharing everything, oh, like yeah. putting on a display, you know, because Leo is, is, is a dramatist. Leo knows how to put on a performance. And it's, it's just a very interesting paradox to have this, a big part of you. I mean, like if I were to put in 75% of you is this outside Leo, yeah. but then you have 25% that is like secretive, dark and, you know Very scorpionic dark. and then aquarian which is just aliens so you're yeah. like an a dark alien <laughs> enshrouded <laughs> in like the king the lion king it's it's really interesting it's, it's interesting you know what that's funny because that is how i feel most times yeah yeah and then i think would you say that that had anything to do with like 
when I was in high school, I suffered from like depression and anxiety and all that stuff. Do you think that has anything to do with? Oh yeah, I think it probably comes from the Pluto. Okay. And we haven't even looked at the whole chart, but Mm -hmm. I mean, just from my own experience with Pluto and Scorpio, yeah, yeah, there's definitely a lot coming from there, and you should really consider it when considering your family, like the relationship, and if Mm -hmm. any old residual feelings that you didn't understand, you can maybe see it through this lens of like, you are meant to experience an intense family, and you're meant to learn a lot of lessons through your family. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would also say it's a bit of the Leo because, okay, so Leo is like so generous and so giving of itself and so heart-centered. It's just, it comes from such a pure place of like joy and mm-hmm. love that when it feels insecure or it's not getting what it, it wants mm-hmm. or needs, it can go into this, you know, self-secure mode yeah. And, and sort of, like, go crazy with the drama, basically. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know what's <laughs> jumping around. Like, the, the Leo can, it, it, like, puts on a whole show when all it had to do was ask yeah. for what it wanted. You know, uh, yeah. it usually has to do with love and adoration. So a lot of lessons for Leos are instead of putting on this huge performance, just say, you know what, today I need a lot of extra attention and a lot of love, and I need you to, like... Yeah. worship because yeah. that's what Leo is Leo needs to be worshipped and that's fine there's nothing wrong with that that's awesome it's easy to worship a Leo and so when Leo loses what is really the object uh-huh. of all of this drama uh, yeah. Yeah, so I would say it's the Leo and then definitely the Pluto oh my god and the moon opposing <laughs> and the moon there's a lot my chart is a lot huh? it's a lot it's, it's fascinating I mean, and I, like I said, there, there are things that I didn't even get to, like, research and do, like, certain chart patterns, and then we didn't even talk about your Saturn, which your Saturn is actually very nicely aspected, um, but Saturn is where we learn lessons in life. Yeah. Yours is in Aquarius, and it's in your sixth house, which is interesting because sixth house can be physical body stuff, like okay. health and wellness and okay. what you eat and how you work out. and. Yeah. And so when I saw Saturn, I was like, okay, well, that makes sense that you even had the inclination at some point in your life to become a trainer uh-huh. or to go to the gym at all. And like, wow, be, really? I think so, yeah. Although in Aquarius, it's a little different. I mean, you're definitely operating more in the headspace, but mm-hmm. that might be how you sort of release some of that energy. Oh, yeah, for mm-hmm. sure. Do you um, see any like health issues, by the way, coming off of my chart? Oh, that's a great question. I mean, it's hard to like be that specific, yeah. but because your sixth house is occupied mm-hmm. and because it has Saturn in it, I wouldn't be surprised if you did experience stuff with your physical body in terms of like, I mean, have you had any serious health issues? Uh, no. Okay. No. Not saying you will, uh-huh. but I just wouldn't be surprised. People with sixth house planets tend to, it's not so much that they are prone to being sick or anything like that. It's that they manifest sickness in their body. So if there's some sort of, like disconnect like an emotional issue that you're not dealing with uh-huh. it might manifest as a heart palpitation or oh, something you know what i mean like i've had those like you're basically you basically feel if you're ignoring something it presents as a disease and it presents in the physical body okay um can you tell me all about my most and least compatible signs mm-hmm. yes i can I mentioned earlier but that when we look for compatibility we look at the seventh house we look mm-hmm. at the moon um, and we look at Venus. Those are the really obvious ones. Um, 
So you have an Aquarius descendant, which okay. is the line, the angle that starts your seventh house. Mm -hmm. So right off the bat, you might, I mean, the easiest thing I think if any astrologer looked at your chart would say you are going to attract Aquarian people or people with Uranus heavy in their chart. Like it might yeah. be a Pisces, but it could be a Sun Uranus conjunct uh -huh. and making them way more Uranian. So be, like basically the aliens, okay. you're going to be, that's I'm not, attract the that's who you're going to attract, but it's also probably who you're compatible with. Okay. Um, I mean, it's interesting because you have such an Aquarian nature to you. And that also happens to be um, who you would attract. Whereas like on my chart, for example, my descendant is Aries. Aries, even though my Mercury is there, is almost completely opposite from the, everything else. So like um, I always was like, I need a Pisces or a Virgo. This is who yeah, I'm looking for. Yeah. But it turns out like there is this thing operating that just I, I needed fire. I needed yeah. fire to basically to plug up my holes. It's different for you because you're very Aquarian, but whatever the case is why ever it is you're going to relate to another air sign mm -hmm. or a very uranian person okay. okay then your moon is also an aquarius so <laughs> we'll yeah. add to that that like an aquarius is probably going to speak to you yeah. and it doesn't mean an aquarius sun like they could be an aquarius rising Got or it. they could have uranus you know right there yeah, yeah, yeah. um and then the next thing we look at is your venus and your Venus is in Virgo, uh -huh. and it's in the first house, and it's next to your Jupiter. It's a super loose conjunction, but um, it, they're in the same house. Uh -huh. So I would say, like, Earth signs probably vibe with Earth signs. I'm not surprised that Anna's one of your best friends. Yeah. I mean, like, yeah. that definitely Two speaks to you. my very, very best friends. The one my mom had to go see, she's a Taurus. Mm -hmm. um, my other best friend is an Aquarius mm -hmm. slash Capricorn. She's, like, right on that cusp. Mm -hmm. He is a Sag. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that you definitely would vibe with earth signs. Okay. Um, so if you could find yourself some sort of Aquarian, maybe Virgo, Taurus, <laughs> and then, yeah, and then maybe throw in like a heavy dose of Uranus, uh -huh. that's, that's the type that's of person. Perfect. That's perfect. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's your person. Come look for me. Because <laughs> <laughs> this will be your dream girl. <laughs> So I think, and I mentioned this right off the bat, and when I looked at your chart, I already saw, like, it's obvious that you're meant to be in, in, in front of a camera, in front of people's eyes, like, you're, you're meant to um, have a stage presence, okay. I think that's the best way to say it, and you're already doing that, yeah, so <laughs> that's awesome, and you wouldn't have success if you weren't following the right path, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. So. It's, very, it's, it's quite interesting, and it's nice to, that we get to talk about another aspect of your chart. But um, So your Mercury, it's in Leo, uh -huh. another Leo planet, yeah. which is awesome. And people <laughs> who are dramatists who aren't Sun in Leos usually have something in Leo, and a Mercury being the communicative planet. Anyways, um, but it's in the 12th house, which is another bit of, a little bit of a paradox, because the 12th house is the subconscious. Okay. Um, it's sort of... It, it's it's all that's it's it's everything oh my god the 12th house is just a very difficult house to talk about mm -hmm. but it's unconscious processes so it, it's interesting I mean I might ask it if you ever feel like when you're communicating or when you were learning growing up or when you learn now if there is some sense um, like like does information just pop up sometimes in your head or like how what is your relationship with the way that you communicate like how do you how do you think about your communication 
I'm not, okay, let's do the learning thing first. I'm a very fast learner. So um, actually in grad school, I had to take a class and it was advanced metabolism. Mm -hmm. And the prereq to that class was actually organic chemistry. And I never took OCHEM in undergrad, ever. But I had lied to the lady who would have to approve me being in this advanced metabolism class. I told her, I lied to her that I took OCHEM. And by, I don't know, luck, or I don't know what happened, um, I passed without knowing any OCHEM. And I had to, I was literally on a flight, because back in the day I was, you know, kind of just like everywhere, I was like, visiting other cities and stuff like that, so I would be on the plane reading organic chemistry for dummies. I taught myself OCHEM. I legitimately feel like what, how, what you just described was a 12th house experience. Like, first you lied, which I think is like a 12th house, I think that could be a 12th house thing. Um, then you, I was like, girl, I need to take this fucking class, like, you are gonna let me in, I don't, I am not staying another semester. Exactly. Like, let me in. It's awesome. And, and that's also the Leo, like, bravado and, like, I got this. And then you actually passed, which O'Kim is arguably the hardest course it's there is fucking, in proper college. fucking difficult. Those shapes you have to remember, oh my fucking god. So I wonder then, like, if for you... There is like an intuitive sense when it comes to your mind. It's it's less that you're operating a mind and more that you're culling information, like you're yeah. channeling information almost. Yeah, it feels like that a lot of times. And I don't know if that's kind of why school always came so easy to me. Mm-hmm. And that's why when everybody find out that I have a master's of science degree, they're so impressed. And I'm like, I literally just showed up. You know what's funny about um, that? advanced nutrition class was I actually had a crush on my professor. I think he had a crush on me, but nobody would ever say it. Please, you guys, if you guys went to school with me, don't say anything, look smack and I'm fired. <laughs> but I would like, literally, I would have like these like meetings with him and I told him straight up, I was like, you know, I never took OCHEM, right? Like I'm teaching myself OCHEM. He was just like, how did you get in this class? I was just like, I just got in. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that feels like I very classy for me. I think I flirted with him a little bit. Well, clearly. So like, 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 <laughs> of course you did. <laughs> and you have your penis in the first house. So, I mean, it's, you wear it on top. Okay, not to the North Node. I love the North Node. The North Node is, in my opinion, and in a lot of people's opinions, but some people think it has to do more with karma and stuff, like past lives. And I think that's fine, too. But is basically, like, if on your dying day, your last day, you are in the north node energy which yours is in sag in the fifth house if you're a sag fifth house north node person mm-hmm. you, you came you achieved what you came on earth to achieve oh my god that and becoming your son which you have a, a little easier than others even though with the moon opposition aquarius <laughs> is intense but i think the sun sign is who we're becoming because you have your rising sign in leo you're very familiar with the leo energy yeah. so you know what you're working towards. Yeah. Okay, so if you can be a Leo, a sun in Leo, with the North Node Sagittarius fifth house energy on your last day on Earth, you literally, like, you achieved, you checked off the list. Wow. If you can get into your North Node energy, everything falls into place. Everything shoots out the South Node and everything falls into place. Oh so, my God. for you, 
you're literally creating content like that yeah. is a, a like a metaphor it is another word for create creative self-expression yeah that's what where you have to be mm. like that's your whole like you're building up to this so okay. the fact that you're already doing already this doing it. just yeah. make sure that like you that's literally amazing. are creating content that is inspiring to you that brings you joy yeah don't do it for others do it for you that's amazing and do it on on bigger scale on big scale it's so nice to like get reassurance that i'm on the right path I mean, that's the greatest thing about astrology because most of us are on the right path. We yeah. just have this crazy programming. Yeah. Tells us we're not. Other, it's other noise. Mm-hmm. Okay, so one last question before we wrap the show. I do a segment every week. It's called Weekly Weakness, which is just anything you're obsessed with. It could be a TV show, a song, a product, anything. Give us one current obsession you have. I just watched Downton Abbey. Which I not typically what I would be into. Uh-huh. I didn't think. I mean, I I did not watch it. My mom was telling me I need to watch. I didn't watch it. You know what? My mom is obsessed with that show I, too. Well, I, I watched all six seasons in like three weeks. Which Stop. each episode is like an hour and a half, so it's insane uh-huh. how much TV I watch. But I was sick, so um, and it was ever like my life has changed. Oh my god, I need to watch it because I see it all the time on TV, and I was just like, it's. I don't know what it is and I'm so far like not caught up I know, I know. and that's how I felt too but it's it's when the door opens the door opens okay. and it's right okay. there for you. I'm, I'm about just to... so happy that the movie's coming out there's a movie coming out mm-hmm. I think it's in October oh I didn't even know that mm-hmm. okay I need to watch the show before the movie okay but I will I, I put down two because okay. I love TV okay I don't know if you've watched live PD yet no what is that do you know what like mm-hmm. my god we don't even know what it is okay no. so on a and e every friday and saturday night okay three hours of live pd so it's basically cops if you remember oh. cops right yeah but it's live and they're in 11 towns so it's i mean like georgetown texas like williamson county right outside of austin is a big one okay. salinas california warwick rhode island like i'm getting like really excited <laughs> Um, the Indiana, Missouri are two new ones for this time period. Uh-huh. Um, it, it's so fascinating because, I mean, I, I liked Cops when I watched Cops. Yeah. Like, I like that type of show anyways. Yeah. I don't love it. I like it. This is so different because it's it really is live. I mean, I'm sure there's like a three, whatever, however many second delay, but it's live. So I'm like sitting in my house right. <laughs> having a gin and tonic <laughs> watching like this crazy person in Warwick, Rhode Island I don't know. It's just like crazy that it's actually happening at the same time. That's kind of trippy. It's so trippy. And like you get to know cities like Warwick, everyone's drunk. Everyone is drunk in Rhode Island. Like it's absurd. And when it was still winter, like snow on the ground, it was wild. Like people go crazy in motels in Warwick. Like it's like. You would never guess. Oh my God. It's amazing. (laughs) And. I don't know. It just—it's also like the sort of structure because I'm so Capricornian. It's like every Friday and Saturday night, I have three yeah, hours of my uh-huh. need to watch. It's <laughs> a routine now. It's my routine. So th- those are my, my two. <laughs> Before we um, even started recording, you gave me this tincture, and just tell me a little bit about your products because it smells really good. Okay, so there's a form of herbalism called okay. astro herbalism, okay. which is more specific to the. I mean, there's always been medical astrology before we had proper Western um, medicine. We had that's what 
doctors, you know, like the 1500s, 1600s were using. I mean, yeah. they, all the doctors were also um, astronomers and all of the astrologers were astronomers. I mean, it was like all one big process. Mm-hmm. And um, a lot of people would look, you know, like you have too much sun, you have too much fire in your chart. Mm-hmm. We need to tampen yeah. it down. Yeah, with a little water or whatever. Yeah. So I worked for an herbalist uh, for a year and a half and I had studied herbs when I was doing the farming program in Texas and um, it just when I started learning about astro herbalism it just made sense that that was supposed to be a part of my it smells really good I can see the smell again yeah yeah it's tinctured mm-hmm. in vodka but I know that we're good with alcohol yeah, yeah. we're good with alcohol <laughs> love it um, and this one specifically this is the first one that's like really meaningful to me okay. and I chose oh, thank you yeah of course oh my god it's, it's meaningful for me to share it because Okay, so the two herbs in there are rose and pedicularis. Okay. Pedicularis is a really magical plant that um, works really well with, like, physical tension, muscle tension. It's a relaxant. You can really... It's one of the herbs that you actually feel. Okay. It's, you know, you take it and it's like something just released. Yeah. It's not like an intense, like a benzo or something where you actually... But it's this... You can actually feel this. The rose medicine, which is... I'm already, like, I've always loved roses and mm-hmm. just visually, right, and, and sensually. And, but rose medicine is is able to to connect to the energetic heart, basically. It's also good for the physical mm-hmm. heart. But what I was trying to do with that medicine is open up the walls and with all of my Capricorn stuff. And you've got a little Capricorn, too, so you know at least, like, how intense the structures can be. But I've yeah. built up lots of walls to protect myself. Yeah. And what this medicine is trying to do is to loosen the walls so that the heart can be revealed. It's not getting into your whole heart, although it is a little bit with the rose, but it's really just to reveal the heart so that you can take the next step. Yeah. That was my intention that's with nice. this medicine. Nice. Um, but what I feel like, at least for the rest of this year, what I will be doing is I've got a solar tincture that's tincturing right now. Uh-huh. Um, and it's basically in a lunar tincture. And then uh-huh. I'll move on to the planets and the signs yeah. and do like, you know, a Sag tincture or uh-huh. something. Um, so it's it's less medicine, although medicine is still the right word, but it's less medicine and more like connection. Okay. It's like I'm a Sag and I want to connect with Jupiter because mm-hmm. Jupiter is Sag ruling planet. So you could take the tincture and, and you know, I'm intending for them to all taste interesting. So it's yeah. not like I'm taking yeah, it and yeah, taste yeah, like yeah. shit every day. It tastes like medicine. But it's there it for you. like medicine this one. Good. It's great. Good. Yeah. Um, it's there for you to, to have like a a moment in the day where you're consciously connecting to something mm-hmm. outside and as a means of connection as opposed to like I've got some sort of lack and I need healing let mm-hmm. me take this medicine mm-hmm. there is astro herbalism and herbalism for that but for me at least in 2019 I'm focused on connection tell our listeners um, where they can find you your products how they can get a reading from you and all that good stuff Okay, so mostly online presence is through Instagram. Okay. Um, it's startree underscore astrology. Startree, one word, S-T-A-R-T-R-E-E. On, on Etsy, you can find me, same name, startree astrology. Uh, and that's where I sell my tinctures. And you can direct message me on Instagram. Yes. Or you can email me. It's yo.startree at gmail.com. Oh my god. I'm going to link her um, Instagram and her Etsy profile in the show notes for you guys below. Thank you so much. My pleasure. Bye. Bye. 
I hope you guys enjoyed that episode with Max from Star Tree Astrology. I will link all her information down in the show notes below. If you guys live in LA or if you guys are local, then hit her up if you guys ever want to, you know, kind of learn more about yourself, look at your birth chart and figure out what it all means and all that good stuff. Thank you guys so much for tuning in and hanging out with me this week. If you enjoyed this episode or any other previous episodes, please rate, comment, and subscribe. And I will talk to you guys next Friday. Bye. Thank you.